Welcome in, everybody. This is episode 17. This is the final How You Say podcast of the season. I'm Boyd. I'm AJ. And thanks for joining us all season long. I know y'all are faithful listeners, and we sure do appreciate it. Listener. I think... The listener, yeah. Coley is the... The one guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, even my brother has stopped listening. I, I think we're down to one listener at this point. Maybe the moose. Does the moose <laughs> count, or is that the same guy? No, I think we'll count the mooses. Yeah, all right, so we've got two listeners. <laughs> All right, well, uh, season has come to an end. Uh, we have a champion, Barrett Tompton. First year in the league, gets the championship, and uh, wasn't particularly close. Like, she kind of mopped the floor with Danny. Big 22-point victory for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of her running backs that we were potentially down on yeah. came through. Elijah McGuire, 20 points. Uh-huh. Damian Williams, 21. C.J. Anderson, hot pickup, 24.2 points. She didn't have Gurley. She didn't need him. Uh, I will say that she listened to me. I was her assistant coach slash GM. Is she uh, slipping you a couple of bills for that one? I think she should buy me a drink. Oh, okay. Because she definitely came back and messaged me finally going, Yeah, I heard what you said. I'm picking up C.J. Anderson oh, man. after our chat. If only you had picked up C.J. Anderson for yourself. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, I saw C.J. Anderson sitting there on the waiver wire, and I thought, you know what? I'll leave him out there. I'll see, I'll see what happens. Barrett can maybe use a running back, uh, and we'll see if she can take the title. And, uh, well, the funny thing is, she would have probably started James White or Carl Rudolph and both of her, both of those would have got the job done as well. Yeah, I mean, she scored 141 points, and she could have started Aaron Rodgers, who would have got 16 more points. Could have started Kyle Rudolph, who got 26 more points than her current yeah. tight end of Jared Koch. Like, she could have scored probably close to 180 points. Yes. Didn't need it, got the championship, <laughs> and that is all that matters. So congratulations, Barrett. Danny, uh, sorry, bud. Okay, so we're ga- we don't really need to talk about any other matchups except for one, which is the loser ball, and it was Alec versus Tansy, and Tansy came out and won in a really high, very point. high scoring loser ball yeah. or toilet ball. Uh, Tansy wanted no part of those wings, uh, but this is you know this is kind of his thing every year. Is he gets uh, gets himself into the loser bowl and then does well enough to win that thing. So maybe Tansy should get the loser bowl trophy, and Eric should have to I don't know kiss it or wipe it on his butt. I don't know. So the loser is in Seattle. Yes. Uh, is probably going to come up, come live to the draft. Hopefully. And so there probably will be wings at said draft. Oh, there will be wings. <laughs> we, are, we are not letting Eric get out of the wings. Maybe Eric wanted to eat the wings, because as we talked about on last episode, uh, he was doing some strange tank moves, but definitely tank moves. And he does have one player that probably everyone wants. Or at least doesn't want him to keep without eating wings. Mm. Which is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Uh-huh. Right. Scored him 29 points. Still yeah. wasn't enough. He also has Robert Woods. Who knows? Cooper Cup may not come back. Yeah. 
and Wentz, who he loves. So yeah. he's going to try to eat all three, I'm pretty sure. So let's see. I think I will still, um, and we can talk about it as part of our next season's rule changes. Mm-hmm. My proposal has always been one wing will get you all three. Oh, okay. Right? Well, if maybe, we... maybe for the following season, but for this season, it's one wing per keeper. Okay. Here's what's crazy. Eric lost by 19 points, but he had three positions on IR. Like, he probably <laughs> could have pretty easily not eaten wings. That would have been brutal for Tansy scoring a 97 and still having to eat wings, but yeah. uh, alas, it was enough. Um, did you want to say anything no, no, about how you no, think you probably should have won the championship? Uh, I All I will say is that if I'd gotten one more win in the regular mm-hmm. season, I yeah. had some tough... Uh, tight matchups. Yep. I would have been the number three seed. I would have been Boyd uh, week one of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Come up against Barrett week two would have been in her. And then in the finale, I would have been in Danny. Have you narrowed it down to a single move? Like <laughs> week six, had I started that one guy, that would have been the difference in the season? Or have you not got that granular with <laughs> I may have. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say what it is, but oh. I may have dug through uh-huh. and I looked at a few rounds where there was like a few points difference, and I may have been tossing and turning which uh, wide receiver to start. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones where T. Y. Hilton scored like thirty points. Oh. <laughs> well, if Andrew, sorry, fake Andrew, hadn't leaked that video of Cream Hunt to the internet, then maybe. He wouldn't have been cut by the team. I'd still have him. Maybe I'd have got another win in there, and my seating would have been a little... Who knows? So Who what knows? you're saying is you would gladly accept a tainted domestic violence abuser championship. I mean, there's a lot of abusers out there. It's it's Just, tough to have a team wow, without boy. abusers. Wow, boy. Mueller. Mueller. We're not here to uh, say anything about domestic violence. Domestic violence is uh, abhorrent. It's terrible. I do not support that, but I mean we're talking about fantasy football here, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just I, I stop that not, commentary. Right. I there. would not want a tainted championship. There's better things. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, let's get into some of the awards for the season, uh, starting with pickup of the year. Uh, we'll do a best and a worst. Uh, who do you think was the best pickup of the year? Oh, I think it was C.J. Anderson. Definitely C.J. Anderson. I mean, it definitely won Barrett the championship. It was the of reason. Of course. I mean, it kind of was. It was he, C.J. scored 24 points, and she won by 21, so it was basically the difference in that matchup. Well, like, the other player who I was also going to give Barrett credit for, even though it didn't quite work out one week of the playoffs, was uh, Damien Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, she picked him up. Uh, he produced two weeks in a row. Didn't use him the first week he produced, but second week, like, it's part of the reason why she won the championship. She was, we'd always commented, she had no running back depth, and, yeah. Well, of the three running backs she started, uh, two of the three she picked up championship week, and then Damien Williams she picked up the week before. So, great job on the waiver wire by Barrett. Uh, Yeah, no, obviously, CJ Anderson, huge pickup. I mean, James Conner was the pickup of the year because Danny had him all year. He was a mm-hmm. top 10 back. Um, I also think Tyler Boyd was a pretty good pickup. Uh, but James Conner, pretty much pickup of the year. Uh, worst pickup of the year, what do you think? I would go with 
Well, I'll say myself for Lionel Jones. Oh, okay. But spent a little bit of fab on him as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't. I dropped him for just before. Yeah, that was your Sunday morning pickup. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was not good. Who'd you drop for him? Tariq Cohen. Oh! Maybe Tariq Cohen should be on the pickup of the year list. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't trust him. How many touches did he get in the playoffs? I Four. don't know. Four touches. Four. Well, fantasy football has nothing to do with the NFL playoffs, <laughs> so uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, all right, well, a couple other candidates in here. There were, there were a lot of drops that we could have put in here. Um, somebody dropped Julian Edelman. I don't remember who that was. They, they may be sitting three feet away from me. Uh, I'm sitting one foot away, so I don't know who he's <laughs> talking about. Uh, but $25 was spent on Alfred Morris, which... I think was ill-advised at the time. I don't even know that we knew who the backup ran because I think Breda went down. A uh, lot of money for a running back that is not very good anymore. Uh, it turns out he got like 12 carries the rest of the year. Uh, and then $31 spent on Sammy Watkins. That one I think was defensible at the time, but then he immediately got hurt. And uh, I don't think he played a single snap for Barrett after she spent that amount of money. Yep. Uh, as we found out, it didn't matter. She won the championship, but not... A great move in hindsight. So, moving on to trades of the year. Mm-hmm. Who do you... What was the best trade of the year? I think I'm going to go with McCaffrey for a second. And this was when Corey got him from Eric. Uh, okay. I mean, technically it was a second, Breda and Mike Williams. But, I mean, Williams was dropped almost immediately after that. And Breda never really played. Uh, neither one of those guys are super exciting, so it was essentially McCaffrey for a second, and I didn't think that was a very high price to pay. And mm-hmm. granted, nobody's traded a straight first up, or sorry, straight up for a guy yet, but as we found, McCaffrey ended up being a top five back and was huge in the playoff run. Uh, granted, not for the winning team, but uh, I mean, he was great for you when you eventually acquired him. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Yeah, I I like that one. I also think the McCaffrey for a second, the second time when I did it. <laughs> I mean, that other trade was also pretty good. I, I will say one of the other things of that trade, which is interesting, and I don't know why I didn't think of it at the time, but it was like I could have got potentially probably a worse trade, but it was like Fournette and McCaffrey for the first and second instead of uh Evans and McCaffrey, right? Or was it Zeke? Like, it may have been Zeke. Whoever, from Corey's team? From Corey's team. Okay. And, yeah, I just went for Evans because Evans was my one of my favorite players that uh-huh. I like to own in fantasy football. Didn't yeah. produce for me, though. He was very, very underperforming. Uh, like, I as, mean, a couple of, you know... 15, 14, 17, but yeah, not the not the big 20-point games you were looking for. Yeah. And, oh, well. All right, well, I mean, we, we got to give a shout-out to Hopkins for a fourth because that was a pretty low price to pay for him. He, I mean, he waited until uh, week 15 to have his huge game, but still, Hopkins for a fourth. Is... Well, okay, I will say... That's completely disqualified because looking at his stats, that week 15 doesn't even count. 
Well, that was uh, it was Danny, right? That got he, him. Yeah, and that was his first round or his the second round, but his first game. So he needed that. He needed oh, those points okay. To win. Sorry. In fact, I'm pretty thinking... sure that was against you. Yes. So yes, yeah. he needed yes. all 35 yes. of those. Now yeah. look, Hopkins had a 10, yeah. 9, 11, 9 leading up to that, so it didn't quite work out in those weeks, but it didn't really matter because he still got the one seed, and then he got the points when he needed them. Yep. Uh, granted, he only got 14 in the championship game, but still, great trade for Danny. Uh, worst trade of the year. I'm going with George Kittle the first time, I believe, when he traded him to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Corey's perspective, from your perspective, great job getting Kittle. Yeah. Uh, granted, you traded Kittle away too, but uh, that trade for Kittle... I mean, he traded him away and got back, like, Jordan Reed and Demarius, who he yep. later flipped in some trade for some guy, Evans, I think. But uh, Kittle ended up being third-ranked tight end in all of football. And probably one of the best keepers. Sorry, second-ranked tight end yeah. in and, <laughs> and a really good keeper. So, yeah, we'll go with that one for worst trade. Yeah, I'll probably say... That, but probably me trading Kittle. You trading Kittle? Okay. And that was Kittle and David Johnson for Ingram yeah. and Ebron? Yeah, I could have, like, literally I would have potentially... The first trade that was on offer was David Johnson for Mark Ingram straight up. Yeah. And then I went, no, I want Ebron mm-hmm. for Kittle. On top of that, thinking I was getting an upgrade at tight end. In the end, it ended up being a wash between Ebron yeah. and Kittle. I think that one but. is close. Yeah, I think over the course of the season, those guys end up being pretty close. Yeah. Maybe in an individual week, which you maybe needed <laughs> yes. your particularly two players is, is why it feels that way. But anyway. Well, and then thinking into for the keeper. Like, who would you rather have? If they're both last round. I don't think Ebron is a last rounder. But, um, uh, yeah, he was a, a waiver pickup. So okay. he would be he'd be final round, and honestly, he might be very close to as good a keeper as Kittle. I mean, he's got Andrew Luck as his quarterback. Yeah. He's still relatively young. I mean, he was a first round pick only like three or four years ago. Yep. Uh, all right. So most inconsequential trade, I'm going to say the Crowell for Cobb trade because both guys are now on the way. Where Cobb ended up, I don't even think he played for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. Crowell had I think the one 200 yard game, and then was cut. All right, so next uh, we're going to do a little draft analysis. Draft picks of the year, uh, both good and bad. Um, start with the bad picks. Start with the okay, picks. starting with the bad. All right. So. Uh, so some of the picks that were not great, uh, maybe not the worst. Uh, let's start with, I'll start with myself. Why not? Uh, Devontae Freeman. Obviously this pick was ridiculed by many at the time. I did not feel great about it, and it, it came to fruition. Now, with this list of bad picks, we're trying not to put the injured guys on there. And you picked the injured guy. And I just, like, I just picked an injured guy, but it's myself, and I'm going to do uh, what I want. So, like, J.H.I., he got hurt. He probably would have been quite productive if he had stayed healthy. Uh, Greg Olson got hurt. You know, third round, obviously, that doesn't look good now, but um, maybe... Not the best pick there, but Freeman, I mean, even when he played, he was not effective. That was a timeshare. We knew it was a timeshare. I probably reached for him at the time, and, and then he got hurt and, and didn't play. So that was not good for me. 
Okay. Yeah, I I'll agree with your analysis. I I just think I would pick another Freeman taken in the second round. Oh yeah. Uh, Royce Freeman. Yeah. Taken in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that this was offset a little bit by Danny also picking up uh, Philip Lindsay off the way were. Sure. And maybe the reason he picked up Lindsay, maybe he was feeling like he needed the handcuff, or he just yeah. wanted to lock up that backfield situation. But. Yeah, you know, that aside, I mean, he could have picked up Lindsay without drafting Royce Freeman, and he drafted Royce Freeman when he could have had Hilton, Mike Evans, yeah. uh, Stefan Diggs, Lamar Miller, Brandon Cooks. I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> um, all right, so another guy, and this is one I called out in our first podcast, Gronk. I feel like uh, at the time, I didn't like the move. Now, granted, Holtzclaw didn't draft his own team, so it's not really his <laughs> fault. Yeah, but, it is. It's his fault for not being there and thinking well, sure. his kids are yeah. worth more than fantasy football. Yeah, you, you got to show up. So, yeah, no, he picked a tight end there, uh, which forced him into <laughs> needing Lamar Miller to be his number one running back until Ingram came back. And granted, he had Miller and Ingram. And, look, he made moves uh, later in the year to bolster that running back core. But uh, as we found out, this was the beginning of the end for Gronk, and he could have had everybody we just said Danny could have had, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs. um, Could have had, I mean, obviously he picked up Miller later, but uh, could have had maybe Hyde, uh, Chris Carson. Maybe Hyde wasn't the best pick there, but Chris Carson ended up being a pretty good pick. So, yeah. Um, And then uh, Chris Thompson was another one that Mm -hmm. we kind of shook our heads at at the time, and turned out to come to fruition yeah the other one i can see is like michael crabtree taken before chris thompson mm-hmm. in the fourth like very early fourth yeah uh yeah the fourth round was not good for almost everyone almost everyone do you know who the fourth round was good for Boso. chris carson ended up being a, a top 15 back yes. and do you know who picked chris carson as my worst pick of the draft yes yeah it was you. Just thought, fine. I, just thought I'd point that out. And uh, I will still say he was top 15 this year. Uh-huh. Is he going to be top 15 next year? You know, honestly, that doesn't matter for, <laughs> for the course of this discussion. But I think he's got a great chance to be top 15 next year. Uh-huh. Here's the problem. I got so many keeper opportunities uh-huh. on my team. Uh, I don't know if there was a spot for Chris Carson. So, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carson is on the trade market. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to some of the good picks because there were a lot of good picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think James White was a pretty good pick in, what we got here, the eighth round. Ended up, ended up being the kind of rudder that kept Barrett's team afloat. I mean, we knew what she was going to get with Gurley, which was also a pretty good pick. I don't know that we knew who she was going to take at number one. A little bit of a surprise, but ended up working out great for her. Uh, but we knew what she was going to get with Gurley and Thomas and... Uh, Rogers slash Roethlisberger, but we weren't sure how deep her team was, and James White was that guy for her for most of the season. Yep. I I like the White pick. Uh, maybe not. Like, we didn't like it then, I think. No. But, yeah, it's a nice pick. I will say that potentially, like, as we talked about it earlier, Christian McCaffrey was the lone like like spot in Eric's team for mm-hmm. half the season. And he was just being wasted yes. on that team. Uh, but next year, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, McCaffrey could potentially, like, is definitely going to be a top five pick. 
Mm-hmm. In our league, definitely. <laughs> like, how high? Top three, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if this were a full-point PPR league, which it is not, but if it were, uh, you could make the case that he should be the number one pick with the amount of catches he gets. I mean, he is the guy in Carolina. That's hardly... I mean, you could hardly name another Carolina Panthers player. Cam What? Well, all right. <laughs> not crowning the quarterback. But anyway, yes, McCaffrey, also a pretty nice pick from Eric. Uh, I would say that Nick Chubb was probably one of the better picks in in this year's draft. And it took a while. I had to hold on to him for about six weeks before he finally got that starting job. But he turned into a top 15 back over the course of the season. Are you loving your own Chubb there? I am loving my own Chubb. I, you know, I, I killed my boner early in the podcast when I was talking about Devontae Freeman, and now I'm bringing the Chubb back up. Uh, but I will say, like, probably the pick of the draft, because he produced from week one, mm-hmm. was uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. In the 13th, 14th round? 14th round, yep. yeah. Probably going to be kept in the 13th round next year. I would assume so. Uh, yeah. Just produced, 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 I think, one of the highest point scoring seasons ever. It was pretty good. So, yeah. <laughs> Nothing so, Yeah, I, I think we did pretty good in our preseason prognostications of best pick, worst pick. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, go on record and say that I was dead wrong on Chris Hogan. I thought that was a great pick, and it was not. Uh, I also uh, thought that... Kenny Galladay was going to be a great pick. And while he did outscore Manuel Sanders from week five on, uh, ended up killing me a couple of weeks. So um, we did pretty good. Uh, just Kenny uh, Galladay outscored perfect. Emmanuel Sanders from like week 13 on when Emmanuel Sanders was on IR. Well, the numbers don't <laughs> lie. All right. Uh, well, let's move on. Um, smack talk comment of the year. With a lot of smack talk in the in the WhatsApp window, and a couple of my favorites, uh, you had made some comment about how oh the the podcast is great at predictions, including the I don't know, I think it was the Ronald Jones pickup, and Corey came back with oh I can't wait to see if AJ can predict more of his moves. Hey, I have nothing to say. It was a valid prediction, and if you saw. A lot of my statements, as I was mentioning before, with Bert and CJ Anderson, yeah. have come to fruition. They have. So what if I predict my own moves, as well as everyone else's in the league? Yeah. Well, I could have predicted the DJ Moore move. <laughs> Didn't want to, because it might have fouled it all up. Um, but I think the best one was when Holtzclaw posted a picture of a centaur from a Harry Potter movie and said, watching Harry Potter with the kids and Corey's fetish shows up. So Holtzclaw gets the award for best smack talk comment of the year. Nice. I all agree. Uh, Bonkers move of the year. Mm -hmm. I think, well, Boydot has got on their Devontae Freeman. I don't know which move by the (laughs) A owner of Devontae Freeman. It could be the drafting of Devontae Freeman, number 13 overall. Or maybe it was 
dropping Devontae Freeman and then spending almost all of your fab to pick him back up so that you could keep him in the last round. It, it sparked some discussion, uh, and it's not like you did that with Ezekiel Elliott or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, the bottom line is nobody else spent a single dollar of fab on him. <laughs> yes. But I think this necessitates a rule change in the offseason, which is something you've been a proponent of. It's yeah. not like, you know. Uh, I've made people aware of this loophole. Yeah. And it's not like I've hidden it away. Mr. <laughs> DJ Moore rule, which it will be called. <laughs> we might call the DJ Moore rule. I might allow that. Yeah. But, you know what? I'm not even going to keep him, just so. <laughs> just to add to the comedy of that. Uh, one of the other bonkers moves of the year, which we talked about on the podcast, was there was a week where Eric dropped the wrong Eagles running back. An hour before. An hour before <laughs> kickoff, yeah. Uh, called up Christina and and had the commissioner make a little change for him. Yeah. I mean, come on, Eric. You, you've memorized the entire Eagles <laughs> roster. I'm sure you know who's on their practice squad, so couldn't, couldn't believe that one. Uh. All right, well, let's take a look at our bold calls for the year, is what we're calling these. I was calling them board bets earlier, but uh, we found out that that was uh, trademarked. We've received a cease and desist letter from unnamed podcasts. Uh, had to go underground for a while, <laughs> so hopefully this news doesn't get out. So we're calling them the bold calls. So in week five, you and I made a little bet with uh, Manuel Sanders versus Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay outscored Emmanuel Sanders from week four on 113 to 103. Put a win on the board for both. No, no, he was injured. Doesn't count. You like, injury doesn't count. You should not have bet with oh, an, an injury-prone player. And I'll point out, Galladay missed week 17. Uh, I think he got hurt and lost at halftime at some other game. Viewers, this objection I have may, or listeners, I should say, this objection I have may be voiced again and again for most of these bets. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just, you know what, uh, since you mentioned it, let's just take a look at Emmanuel Sanders' game log from week four on. So 8, 9, 21, 27, 5, 6, 6, 16, uh, 1. Meaning that was his injured one. He got in that game. He's not exactly setting the world on fire. He had a 21, a 27, and a 16 in there, but there's a lot of 5s and 6s. So. Okay, and what about Kenny Galladay? Who knows what would have happened in these, maybe San Francisco shuts him down, maybe Cleveland shuts him down. Yeah, San Francisco, Cleveland. Hard to say. And so... Galladay was just a consistent performer. Oh, yes. He's got a 15, and then he had his bye week, and then... uh, Another bye week. Three, one, And then another bye week. And then another bye week. But he's got a 15, a 21, an 11, an 18... Uh, 0.5. Yeah, consistency. <laughs> hey, you got to play in order to be eligible. That's what I said. Oh, just like your team was consistent this year. That's right. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, Royce Freeman versus Philip Lindsay from week five on. I had Lindsay. You had Freeman. Uh, I won that one handily, 150, 153 to 47. Uh, cry injury foul if you want. Uh, you got to stay on the field. That's... <laughs> To get more points. No. And that includes uh, outplaying your teammate, which he did not. All right. Uh, Tariq Cohen versus Ronald Jones from week five on. I think you knew what was going to happen with this one when you made the bet. <laughs> yes. uh, Tariq Cohen wiped the floor with him. 141 to 10. That was a joke bet. Oh, if all right. back. Good to know. All right. Uh, and then in week seven, 
Uh, you bet me that OBJ would not meet his projection of 15. Yeah. He did. So I win that one. Okay, I'll uh, give you that. All right. Now, this one, I'm putting an asterisk on this because it was kind of bogus, but we <laughs> set the over-under on total fab spent by Baker at 85. I took the over, you took the under. In... I think it was week 15, he spent like $90 on LaShawn McCoy, which was ridiculous because he was hurt that week. I think he just wanted to spend his fab. Whatever. <laughs> I'll give you the win, but I don't feel good about it. Okay. Uh, one of our last ones was Alan Jones versus uh, Tevin Coleman from week mm-hmm. 9 onwards. Jones scored basically 105 points to 97 points. Pretty close. Again, <laughs> injury. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the opposite. My guy got hurt, yes. didn't play the last four weeks, and still outscored your guy. Yes. Not right. Uh, and then the last bet we actually made was in week nine. I don't know why we stopped making bets at that point, but uh, you said that Thomas and Landry could not even come close to Thielen, and then you also wanted five points out of it. Uh, and I took Thomas Landry, and I won that one. So What did Thomas and Landry score in week nine? I don't remember, but it was more than five more than Adam Thielen. Okay. So, uh, oh, that must have been one of his down weeks. Yeah, okay. Could have been. So, bold calls wise, I won six to one, uh, which is uh, about the only thing I won because, as we found out in the pickums, uh, you dominated me in the regular season and you also dominated me in the playoff picks. Yes. Um, None. And I'll I'll segue here real quick and uh, give you a little dap. Uh, I went back, listened to our very first podcast. You had Barrett as your surprise team way back when. I don't know what you saw. I, I really don't. Uh, I kind of begrudgingly agree with you. I'm like, yeah, no, she's got some good players, but you you saw it. So um, I don't know how we were to decide who knows more about fantasy football. I won the board bets, and you won the regular season picks. Uh, and? And you uh, scored more points and finished higher than me. <laughs> but I also have a lot of great keepers, and uh, I think I generally... Uh, said a lot of knowledgeable things over the course of the season so okay we'll call it a tie call it a tie all right let's uh, finish up with a little look forward uh we'll start with uh, something you kind of teased earlier and that is the first round next year should be pretty interesting as you mentioned probably at least five guys who have a chance at going number one i think when it all comes down to it there's probably it's probably going to be between Gurley, barkley elliot uh Maybe McCaffrey, maybe Kamara, and all of a sudden now we have five guys. All right, so we got five guys Camaro's that can potentially go number one. Oh, Kamara's still a cap, so it won't be him. But uh, a lot of guys in that first mm-hmm. round, people will be excited to go get. Yep. And it's interesting where, like, Bell is potentially not even going to be in the first round. Right? He could be anywhere between one and 20, depending on yep. where he lands, I bet. And then you've got people like Fournette, uh, Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. right? Injured one year, come back strong the next, mm-hmm. right? Melvin Gordon, right? Potential top five. And, yeah, like, it's crazy. Who, this, next year is probably the first year. Again, Kamala, Thielen, maybe just Kamala, I'd like the is the odd one which of a person that is being kept who would be drafted in the first few rounds. Yeah. Well, at the top, we'll say 25 guys. Yeah. Uh, Kamara and Thielen, probably Schuster, Smith-Schuster, 
and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Oh, you know what? I don't think he's eligible to be kept next year. Oh, I'm pretty sure okay. he is back in the pool. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of talent available in the first two rounds. That'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting for Corey having two firsts and two seconds. Uh, you'll have no part of this first and second round business. This is but, why I didn't want it. <laughs> but you'll have two thirds and it's two all fourths. It's Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, as we look ahead to 2019, be thinking of any rule changes you'd like to propose. We've already got a couple out there. Um, obviously, the DJ Moore rule, which uh, keeps people from dropping a player and then spending their fab to pick them back up. Mm -hmm. So what we do in this league, for those that don't know, is we vote on these little changes in our AGM, annual general meeting. Mm -hmm. If Christina decides she's too lazy or uh, Bamboo Jalan's too far... Which it we, is. We will probably vote on these rules 10 minutes before the draft. Either way, completely valid both scenarios. Yes. All rule changes have to be in before keepers go in because they may affect who you want to keep uh, You know, based on what scoring system may be out there. Okay, so it may be a silent vote. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Or like... You have to say what your vote is. Uh, a... Blind vote. Blind vote, okay. So you private vote. Secret whatever. vote. Secret vote. Gotcha. Maybe via Google Forms so we know uh -huh. we can attach an email address and only the commission knows who voted for what. Okay. Um Yeah. I think we should set up a secret vote and then have everybody's votes be released with their names on them. I think <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, all right, so other things you may want to vote on. Uh, we're talking about kicker points. Uh, that's just kind of an annual thing, is talking about kicker points and whether they should be different. Uh, well, eight... I think they should be different. I think you should get more than half a point for an extra point. Mm -hmm. If the team scores one point, you get one point, is my age-old saying. Yeah. And the same with field goals. If the, like, at least three points. Because mm -hmm. I think if you get a 0 to 30, you get 1.5, or is it 2? Two. two. Two for every field goal until 40. Yeah, which is... And then you get a 3 field four, A 39-yard field goal is not a guaranteed thing. It should be more than two. The other one which I could potentially put up, put up, ah, put up is eliminate kickers. <laughs> like, we just could. take them out, add in a new flex. What if we do this? What if everybody has a kicker and then your kicker automatically just gets you five points? Sure. Great. Or, like, this is one thing which is really interesting. We eliminate the kicking position and add another flex. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, it opens up, like, especially in our 12-team league, some of these waiver wire pickups will actually have to be played. Yeah. What if we did punters? Can we do a net punting average? Uh, maybe inside <laughs> the five? Uh, so many different directions we could go with that. No, uh, it's just, like, kicking... So... The one, uh, kicking can be so random. And the way I could, the one that comes to my mind very, very quickly was, uh, who's the Texans kicker? Fairbairn. Fairbairn, yeah. All right, how many points did he score the second week of the playoffs? Right? Uh, probably a lot. He scored a ton. Right. First week of the playoffs, he scored 16. Yeah. Followed oh, that up with a one point. Here's, here's Fairbairn's uh, last five weeks. 15, 1.5. 16, 1.5, 5. And that's why it's random. It's yeah. not like... 
the team changed or anything like that. They just didn't convert. Like, mm-hmm. they got close enough, but they didn't uh, convert to touchdowns. Right? And well, yeah. so he got all the field goals. He well, got five those, field goals. In those same games, here's the number of kicks that he made. Seven, three, seven, five, four. Yeah. Like, pretty similar, and his points fluctuated quite a bit. I, this is why I'm like, get rid of kickers. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the things I would like to change is the name of the loser bowl. Let's come up with an official name. Uh, maybe we talk about changing the prize. I Look, if Eric eats wings, then great. My contribution to this league will be complete because I, I want somebody to eat wings one time, and then we can change it. Um, so I'd like to talk about that in the offseason. Now, uh, I'd like to mention that uh, the trophy presentation is coming up. Date TBD. This would be a great time to come up with your potential changes in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, and hope to see you all there, including you out-of-towners. Uh, go ahead and fly on up and watch Barrett receive the trophy. The other, uh, One other thing which you had mentioned before was potentially guarding against tanking. Yes. And so instead of... The like instead of tanking your way to the number one pick mm-hmm. and into the losable, maybe once the playoffs are set, we set a, con- a consolidation ladder, and you have to win your way to the number one pick. Mm. And okay. that way, if we do this whole trading where people are going to be offering you picks for your good players because you're not making it to the playoffs, but you want to keep enough players so you end up with the number one pick as well. So. so, if you lose your way through the bracket, you're still eligible for wings, but if you win your way through, that's when you get the number one pick. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, the loser, like the losable, still has to eat wings, but won't get the number one pick. Hmm. And we'll actually get the sixth pick. Right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let me uh, completely change subjects and say, with the end of the season... Uh, trade season now open, as far as I know. So yes, let's uh, let's get those trades fired up for keepers because <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of time. <laughs> we haven't even come to the end of the regular season uh, of the playoffs yet. No, we haven't. All right? Does I don't believe anyone in our league cares about the Super Bowl anymore. Well, it's still the Super Bowl, but no, nobody's team is still alive. Except for the Eagles fans. They still have hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eagles still alive. Big dick Nick Foles <laughs> leading the way. Great. Now I have to click explicit on <laughs> <laughs> when I publish this podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, so hopefully uh, this is the first year that we haven't had any turnover. Yeah. I believe we- we've had a new member every year for the last five years well it's even worse than that because we expanded uh the first year from 10 to 12 that's true and we still lost a player i believe brett uh brett left after year one yeah year two we expanded year three (coughs) we added yeah no we did get a turnover tech asterisk turnover in year two the champion mid-season you mean yeah but yeah. was turned over at the end of the year. Well, yeah. Okay. Asterix, the champion. Sure, yeah. So every year we've had turnover. So hopefully this is the first year in which we have not had turnover. Because it's great when we can have the same people year after year. Because yes. uh, then we can rag on the same people year after year. 
know. Maybe we can then eventually start a feeder league where if you become the loser ball, you actually get demoted to oh. the feeder league. <laughs> and you definitely then lose all your keepers. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. And whereas we have like relegation, promotion, come on. Then we could start college drafting, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> so many options. Uh, All right, well, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, it is with a heavy heart that I say goodbye for the season. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening. And by guys, I mean that one guy, whoever it is. The Moose. The Moose. Thanks, Moose, for listening all season long. Um, hope to see you guys at the trophy presentation. And uh, if anybody wants Chris Carson, he's available. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for your support uh, and comments. We basically tossed all the comments in the bin. Yeah. Didn't even leave them. But yeah, um, it's been a great first season, and you'll hear from us probably a week or two before the draft. Mm-hmm. Once the keepers are probably locked in. That's right. Well, bye for now.